there's a little witch in all of us. Welcome to the wonderful world of Wicca. I'm Lisa Miranda, and this is the Wine Country Witch Podcast. Welcome to the Wine Country Witch Podcast. I'm Lisa Miranda. This is episode number four, The Magic of Wicca. I am Wiccan. I'm also a witch. I converted to Wicca in 2005. While searching for a spiritual path that considered and treated men and women as equals, I came across Scott Cunningham's book, Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner, and immediately was fascinated by it. It helped me understand myself better, and it's improved my life in many ways. For years, I kept my spiritual practices private, but those days are over. I'm out of the broom closet and I have been since 2009. Now, in 2019, Wicca is the fastest-growing non-Judeo-Christian, non-Islamic religion in America. The word Wicca comes from the Anglo-Saxon word for witch. That word is possibly derived from the Old English word weak, W-E-I-K, meaning to bend, twist, or wind. Some believe that witch must come from the very cool-sounding word wickjazz, an old German word meaning one who wakes the dead or necromancer. But I think the most likely source of the word witch is weed, W-E-I-D, another old English word meaning to see. Weed later spawned the words wise, wit, and wizard. That information is from one of my favorite books, The Goodly Spellbook, by Dixie Dearman and Steve Rasmussen. Whatever its origins, which is the term for magical folk of all genders? And the word magic refers to methods used to intentionally apply spirituality. Again, quoting from The Goodly Spellbook, magic is the bridge which connects the realm of spirit with the realm of matter. Many, but not all, Wiccans call themselves witches. I do, and I use the words interchangeably, but I respect other witches and Wiccans who don't. One of the beautiful things about Wicca is the freedom within it. Its words and practices have rules and forms, but magic folks can generally decide how to follow them, choosing what works and discarding what doesn't. Wicca is a nature-based form of spirituality. It was compiled by a British man named Gerald Gardner just after the end of World War II from the magical arts practiced by the ancient people of Western Europe. These practices far predate Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. They make up what we Wiccans call the original old religion, old spelled, O-L-D-E, In 1940, Gerald Gardner witnessed a group of elderly witches, the New Forest Coven, cast a spell to repel the Nazis during the Blitz of England. After raising a cone of power, a magical vortex of energy, and rushing together in the direction of the invaders, many of the witches grew weak and passed away in the days that followed. Gardner was determined that the knowledge of their magical practices not die with them. 
He was initiated into what remained of the coven and wrote several books over the next 10 years, formulating the basis for the Wiccan religion. Wicca is a form of paganism. By paganism, I mean non-Judeo-Christian, non-Islamic religions. All Wiccans are pagans, but not all pagans are Wiccans. There are many pagans who are not Wiccan, such as those who practice voodoo, santeria, the Asian religions of Taoism, Shinto, and Confucianism, the religions of Buddhism and Hinduism, Druidism, the religions of Native American tribes, and many others. One of the main differences between Wicca and other pagan religions is the Wiccan read. That's a set of rules that Wiccans strive to follow, and it's important enough to recite here in its entirety. Bide the Wiccan read, ye must, in perfect love and perfect trust. Live and let live, fairly take and fairly give. Cast the circle thrice about to keep unwanted spirits out. To bind the spell fast every time, let the spell be spoke in rhyme. Soft of eye and light of touch, speak ye little, listen much. Do also go by the waxing moon, chanting out the witch's rune. Widdershins go by the waning moon, chanting out the bayful tune. When the lady's moon is new, kiss the hand to her times two. When the moon rides at her peak, then your heart's desire seek. Heed the north wind's mighty gale, lock the door and drop the sail. When the wind comes from the south, love will kiss thee on the mouth. When the wind blows from the west, departed souls will have no rest. When the wind blows from the east, expect the new and set the feast. Nine woods in the cauldron go, burn them fast and burn them slow. Elder be the lady's tree, burn it not, or cursed you'll be. When the wheel begins to turn, let the Beltane fires burn. When the wheels turn to Yule, light the log and the horned one rules. Heed ye flower, bush, and tree, and by the lady, blessed you'll be. Where the rippling waters go, cast a stone and truth you'll know. When ye have a true need, hearken not to others' greed. With a fool, no season spend, lest ye be counted as his friend. Merry meet and merry part, bright the cheeks and warm the heart. Mind the threefold law you should, three times bad and three times good. When misfortune is anow, wear the blue star on thy brow. True in love ever be, lest thy lovers false to thee. These words the wicked read fulfill. If it harm none, do what? ye will. That last phrase is the most important. Harm none. Wiccans never curse other people. It goes against everything we stand for. Besides that, the energy we raise for a curse would come back and harm us, as well as our intended target. The quintessence travels in a circular motion. Ah, yes, what's the quintessence? Well, in Renaissance Europe, it was referred to as ether, pneuma, or spirit. Pneuma spelled P-N-E-U-M-A. Chinese Taoists call it chi. Polynesian kahunas, mana. Hindu yogis, prana. Ancient Egyptian priests and priestesses called it ka. And to Norse seers, it was megan, from M-E-G-I-N, from which comes the word might. 
Medieval scholars called this current the quintessence or fifth element, which both permeates and transcends the other four, earth, water, air, and fire. And if you're a Star Wars fan, it's called the Force. Wiccans like to honor it by wearing the pentagram, which is a five-pointed star within a circle. Sometimes we call this symbol a pentacle, which is the object, a pendant, a ring, or disc inscribed with the pentagram. Some of us use the two words, pentagram and pentacle, interchangeably. Either way, the pentagram symbolizes the four elements crowned by the fifth. Wearing it infuses us with the protection of all five elements and grants us good health, for the shape also symbolizes the archetype of the human being. It is not in any way an evil symbol. And before I continue with my explanation of it, I'd like to clarify my use of the word element. What we Wiccans call elements are the same as what physicists call the four states of matter, solid, liquid, gas, and plasma, which correspond to earth, water, air, and fire, respectively. The art of correspondences is the pattern behind things, the interconnectedness of all. It's how Wiccans look at the world, both the physical and the spiritual, and how we combine the two, or as we say, as above with the so below. Like many words, Wiccans and scientists use the word element differently. The scientific definition refers to the atomic table of the elements, which is composed of more than 100 chemical substances. They are also magical in their own way. But back to the quintessence. The Goodly Spellbook defines it as the current which animates mortal matter with immortal spirit. I prefer to call it simply energy. Sensing, raising, and directing energy is the essence of magic. This energy pools and condenses at intersections, crossroads, thresholds, and the geometric centers and axes of things like your spine or the obelisk or steeple in the center of town. It accumulates in stone circles and pyramids. It also flows through water and blood, wind and breath, and along the lines of electromagnetism, which is the physical force it's most closely related to. That's why one of the quickest, simplest ways to raise it is by rubbing your palms together for a good 15 seconds until a static charge is built up. And then you hold your palms apart with an object between them that you want to charge with power. Wiccans do this by focusing our intention, whether that be for healing purposes, prosperity, love, etc., upon the objects, which should be composed of a natural material such as stone, metal, shell, feather or hair, cotton or wood, leaf or a flower petal. These substances are much better absorbers and conductors of energy than plastic or man-made materials. This charging of an object transforms a natural amulet into a talisman, something to be used for a specific magical purpose. We often, but not always, invoke the god or goddess to assist us when we do this, the same as we would do while casting a spell. So as far as gods and goddesses are concerned, right now I feel drawn to Freya, and I sometimes call upon her. She's the Norse goddess of magic, fairies, beauty, love, and cats, among other things. She also rides across the sky on a chariot drawn by two giant lynx, Beagold and Treegold, or Honey and Amber. Those are their names. 
And the lynx happens to be my primary spirit animal. So I feel very drawn to her. I also feel drawn to Bridget, the Celtic goddess of the hearth, poets, inspiration, and fire. I admire her, but I rarely request her assistance while casting a spell or charging an object. I do have an altar to her set up on the mantle above my fireplace, and I feel like she protects our home. She also makes me feel like home is my place of inspiration, where I can do my most creative work, like writing my books and recording these podcasts. On the masculine side, the Norse god Odin appeals to me, for he is a god of wisdom and communication. He also has two ravens as his spirit animals, Hugin and Munin, or thought and memory. Those are their names. The raven is another one of my spirit animals. I haven't yet felt the need to call upon him to aid me in my magical endeavors, but I've felt him watching over me when I travel. So when it comes to gods and goddesses, one of the ways you can determine which one you should work with is to meditate, clear your mind, see which one comes to you, walk around in bookstores, and just try to be open to receiving communication from these very wise beings. They reside mostly in the spirit realm, but they will contact you if you request it. Besides invoking a goddess or god, Wiccans ask for the favor of the elementals in boosting the effect of the energy that we raise. The elementals are the magical beings, not the gods and goddesses, they're different, and they reside within the four elements. So we've got the gnomes of the earth, the undines of the deep, which is water, the sylphs of the air, and the salamanders of the fire. These creatures are not evil demons, nor are they the caricatures depicted in fairy tales in Hollywood. Just as witches don't look like the stereotype of the ugly old woman with green skin and a wart on her nose with a cackling laugh. Well, maybe that part, because uh, I've been known to cackle if the occasion calls for it. But uh, the gnomes of the earth don't exactly resemble the small humanoids with red pointy hats that we've all seen in books and films. They do live in trees or under fallen ones, and they do collect treasures like gems. They wear clothing to blend in with their surroundings, so they're hard to spot. The undines of the deep bear a passing resemblance to mermaids, which partially explains where those stories come from. But unlike them, they are equally at home in lakes, rivers, creeks, streams, and wells, as they are in the sea. The sylphs of the air sometimes appear to be fairy-like creatures, but just as often they imitate floating balls of light, butterflies or dragonflies, or hummingbirds. The salamanders of the fire look like miniature dragons that can sometimes be seen amongst the flames and burning coals of your fire. All of these beings exist partially in our earthly physical dimension and partially in their own. They were here thousands of years before humans and they've never left. They are just as varied in their natures as we are, which is to say not always benevolent or willing to work with us. They are forces of nature and needed to be treated with respect. We Wiccans will request they honor us with their presence during a particularly long or complicated spell when we cast a circle and call the four directions, also known as the four quarters or watchtowers. The word spell comes from the old Anglo-Saxon word for play. 
Casting a spell is a kind of psychic theater in which the intentions of the operator are focused on bringing about a specific result. That's from Rob Hand's book, Astrology by Hand. Thank you, Rob. Casting a circle refers to visualizing and then tracing a circle on the ground, either with chalk, drawing it with a stick, wand, sword, or anthame, which is a ritual knife. These are magical tools, which are a fascinating part of Wicca, and I'll talk about in a future podcast. Wiccans will also form the circle by putting down a quarter thread or making the shape of the circle with candles. They mark the circle. It's traditionally nine feet in diameter, thrice three. Three is a very important number in Wicca, and I will talk about it more in my podcast on numerology. So tune into that one. The circle is considered a three-dimensional space where magic will happen. It surrounds and protects us while we invoke the divine and raise the energy that we need to power our spells. When forming the circle, some Wiccans like to trace it three times, always starting in the eastern direction, because that's where things begin as the sun rises in the east. The corresponding color of that direction is yellow, The element is air, and it's associated with knowledge, the intellect, communication, travel, and divination. The signs of Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius are linked to it. It corresponds to the power to know. We walk clockwise, also called sunrise, if our intention is to attract or increase something. In order to get rid of or banish something, we make the circle by still beginning in the east, but tracing it in the opposite direction, counterclockwise or widdershins. I just love these old witch words. When tracing the circle the second time, some of us like to sprinkle salt water or scented oil to purify the space. The third and final time, we use incense smoke, we call this smudging. Uh, or sage. It's Sage is traditional, but I prefer rosemary. I just like the smell better. The Goodly Spellbook suggests some, saying something like, We conjure thee a space between the worlds, that ye may be a guardian of the power that we will raise. From the east, we continue walking to the south, uh, whose color is red, the element is fire, And it's associated with passion and art, dance, assertion, and leadership, among other things. The astrological signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. It corresponds to the power to will. From the south, we go to the west. Blue is the color, water is the element, and it's tied to emotions, love, peace and serenity, dreams, and intuition. Also dealing with grief and loss. Its signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. It corresponds to the power to dare. From the west, we move on at last to the north. Green is the color, earth is the element, and it rules the body, healing, wealth, prosperity, career, and banishing. The earth signs are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. It corresponds to the power to be silent. Yes, we Wiccans understand that the power to discover and uncover the truth and to act on it boldly are vital, but we also recognize the importance of discretion. Now, I must mention the elephant in the room, or should I call it by the name that other religions, as well as ignorant folks, have called it, 
and have used to frighten, persecute, and murder people, particularly those who don't follow their religion or people whom they feel pose a threat or people they don't understand. Yes, I think I will call it by that name, which is the devil. There is no such thing, nor are there evil demons or malevolent spirits out there to lead you astray and cause you harm. These are human constructs invented to control other humans. Witches have never worshipped the devil. We know that such a being does not exist. We have always worshipped the wild man of the woods, also known as Pan, Kernunos, Dionysus, Herne, uh, or the green man who smiles at you from within the trunk of a tree. We consider him to be the divine protector of the wild places and the animals and the symbol of the earth's fertility. Christians took this belief from us and twisted it to be a figure of ultimate evil, the icon of the flesh, which they perceived to be the source of suffering and spiritual corruption. The flesh is not that. It is a source of beauty, joy, and ecstasy, the earthly temple which contains our non-earthly souls and helps us to form the bridge between the physical and the spiritual. That is what Wicca teaches. That is what I wish for all of you. Thanks for joining me. If you have any questions or comments, please contact me at winecountrywitchpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit my website at lisamiranda.com and follow me on Twitter at ScorpioLisaM and on Instagram at ScorpioLisaM. Until next time, blessed be. Blessed be.